Wendy. And I'm Heather. And this is our podcast, Queer Religion. Where people share their experience with where their sexual identity and faith overlap. Kind of like a conversation between friends. Maybe over a tea. With a few rainbows. Unicorns. Or other fancy flags. Today we're excited to welcome Dimitri. Dimitri, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes. Perfect. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 28 years old. I am from Mississippi. I am a black man who grew up there for about the first 20, 21 years of my life. Then I joined the military and I've been in the military ever since. Awesome. How do you identify, Dimitri? Oh, thank you. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. Mm -hmm. I kind of don't label myself as gay, straight, bi, whatever, but if I were to be completely honest with myself, I'm probably gay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, we're excited that you're here. So typically we start out and ask people about uh, where you grew up, what was it like there, what were your family um, background is like, and stuff like that. So Mississippi is pretty, uh, I don't want to say rural, although there are very many rural parts of it. Mm-hmm. I grew up... Um, right outside of Oxford, Mississippi, in a town called Abbeville. Uh, lots of grass, not very many roads and cars as Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not near as many people. Um, football is king there, so mm. I played high school football. I wa- I've watched football all my life. I love football. Um, and religion is above that. I was going to say, they're like connected, <laughs> yes. right? Like, football and church, football right Football and church. Church is football sometimes, almost. Exactly. But can't go too far. It's a little... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Small separation. <in> <laughs> uh, what position did you play football-wise? Any kind? Um, I played defensive end. Defensive so, end. So, lots of chasing after the quarterback and getting some sacks and I did catch an interception or two my uh, junior year, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't expect that, <laughs> but, but I did. You did it. You took a nice oh, yeah. job. Oh, so you said that your football and your your religion is both king there. What? Oh, yeah. What's your religious background then, as far as your family goes? Southern you, Baptist. Southern Baptist. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very so deeply Southern Baptist. <laughs> And for, in that area, what does Southern Baptist look like um, in Mississippi? So, at the height of what I, would, I like to think about, like, my religious life, mm-hmm. uh, my mom would take us to Bible study on Wednesdays, and mm-hmm. then from there, we'd go to Sunday school on Sundays mm-hmm. at, like, 8 o'clock, and then, you know... Growing up in black church, black churches last a long time. <laughs> That's a stereotype, it's, but it lives by the, it lives by the stereotype. It's an so, all day event. It is. Maybe so. sometimes a day and a half or two. Oh yeah. yeah. So eight a.m. Sunday school, and then at the earliest we might get home about one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then go straight into watching football. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be home by one, right? Yes, kick off yes. the other church. Oh yes, <laughs> got to, and just sit down the rest of the time watching some football. <laughs> so um, yeah, lots of uh, preaching, lots of singing in the in the church. Um, I was in the choir for a while, and then I became an usher. So I did that for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, it was it, it was an interesting time. <laughs> it was it was fun, you know, De- definitely intense in moments. You know, obviously being 
being a gay man in, in the black church, but, uh, you know, there were some interesting moments, you know, good and bad, you know, so I appreciated it overall for the growing up in the, in the church. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. What are, what are some of your, at that point in time, what were some of your basic fundamental, like closely held beliefs at that point? Growing up in the church, I definitely believed that being any sort of like LGBT was like bad, <laughs> bad. <laughs> and so you know, growing up, you know, as a, as a young child to you know a teenager, where you're going through all these hormones and stuff, and you're like confused, and you're like, what's going on? And all these different things. You're like, I'm attracted to this guy, but I shouldn't be attracted to this guy. Oh, I'm yeah. going, I'm going to hell. You know how it, how it starts? You're going to hell. I'm like. Well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. That pretty much sums it up, yeah. So, oh, I've been know. there. Me too. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, well, I guess I'll be hot for the rest of eternity. <laughs> a little fiery. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely questionable. And you definitely have those fire and brimstone preachers who are like, you know, a famous thing that they always said in the church and probably still say to this day, is God made Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. well, it's happening, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how to address this. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's kind of like the, I guess, the um, the foundation of my, my church and, and growing up in the church. A lot of fire and brimstone and being gay is bad. And But a couple things, good things I did take from it because I don't want to like completely just crap on the church. It's, you know, it taught me to have faith, mm -hmm. and you know, I actually have uh, faith and love tatted on me a couple of places, and because uh, sometimes you just have to have faith to just keep going that it eventually work out, and sometimes it does, sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. You know, that's just life, but you know, it definitely taught me to have faith and keep working towards my goals. So that's one thing I definitely took away from the church. Yeah, so. that's really valuable, and yet I don't think any. Any church or religious structure is all bad, right? It's, yeah. There are things within them that, especially the individual, can take that's positive. Like, well, these things didn't work for me, but this, this idea or this, um, this feeling, right? Faith, right? Hope, the fact that you can believe in something, like those sorts of things. Kindness, you know, those those kinds of things that I like think a lot of organized religions have across the board are things people can walk away with, even if a lot of the things the church does are harmful. How old were you? You said that you were growing up and that those messages were very strong, right? How mm -hmm. early on did you know that you were probably gay or however you identify yourself? No, no worries. Um, probably the youngest where I knew like something was up. You know, like Cardi B said, like, hmm, that's suspicious. That's, <laughs> that's weird. Like, when those senses started going off, I was probably 11 or 12. Young then. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty young. And and there, there was a classmate of mine. He probably would never hear this podcast because he's in Mississippi. That's completely different <laughs> things. Won't. Yeah, I definitely won't put this out on no. my Facebook. Like, listen. Like, but, <laughs> but, you know, I was always attracted to him. And I... Mm -hmm. Actually, I think about it like I probably like semi came out to him in middle school, but I was like, I said something, and then something media was like, "Don't you tell him? Don't tell him mm -hmm. you like him." So I, you know, I texted him later. I was like, "Hey man, never mind. Like, 
I was just joking. No, <laughs> I was just right. kidding. I'm taking yeah. that all back. Yeah, like, like never ah, mind, dude. Gotcha. Too far, too fast. Exactly. Ooh, dang. So, um, thankfully, it never really came up. And we were always pretty chill all throughout graduation and all that stuff. And uh, it's actually been years since I've talked to him. But he was, like, the first one I really had a hard crush on. And I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> 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 Maybe this will go away one day. Who knows? But, yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. it obviously never went away. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Exactly. You, you think that it will, and then you work really hard at that. Yeah. Especially when the messaging is so intense, right? Like, oh, yeah. this is such a terrible thing to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, you're trying to meld these two worlds, and they don't meld as nicely as you would like exactly. sometimes. Yeah. Now, I think we had talked prior, and you said that as you grew up in the church, that... Did you go to, was it your mom that was a pastor? So, grow, the ironic part is, as I grew up and the older I got, I kind of stepped further for, further away from the church. Mm -hmm. But my mom, you know, I think I finally came out to her when I was 16. But that's because my ex kind of forced me out of the closet. Oh. But it's okay. It's neither here nor there. Wait, so I feel like I need to go backwards a little bit. We went from 11 to 16, and in that time frame, there's an X and several other things with just this nice, even deadpan over there, Dimitri. Let's look at like, like, a little rewind, catch us up on how we went from 11, oh, you're cute, to 16 with an X that outs you. Like, if you're comfortable. If no, not, no just be like... <laughs> Mind you, I told you, you know, I played high school football and everything, so this is my sophomore year, and, you know, I meet this guy, he's, you know, obviously gay, and he just happened to be my classmate's cousin. So I was like, hey, could you, you know, let him know I'm interested, blah, 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 and we only dated for a month. But the night after we made it official, like, literally the very next morning, everything came out, and then my mom was like, who is this saying that you're gay? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right, right. So, As like, only a passionately angry but loving mother exactly. is like, <laughs> Like, who is this person telling these lies on you? And I was like, so I didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so then, like, we go through the rest of that day. And then that morning, she mentions it again. She's like, I'm going to take you to school. And, like, I'm going to have this guy come to the office and we're going to have words. And I was like, well, mom, he's not really lying. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I was like, uh, we're dating and I'm gay. <laughs> so, Surprise! Exactly. So imagine that. Because I didn't want him to get in trouble for, like, one, I didn't think he did it. And I didn't find out until, I think, seven years later oh. that he was the one that outed me. Because I thought it was my best friend at the oh. time that outed me. Because I told her that same night once we... So two relationships got ruined in one. Oh, <laughs> man, that sucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think my mom and I we kind of barely didn't, barely had conversations for like a year after mm -hmm. that. Uh, but as time went on and she got closer to like her ministry and becoming a minister, uh, her and I actually got closer. Mm. You know, um, and that probably started when I was in Afghanistan. She kept bringing up. You know, when are you going to get a girlfriend, a wife, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, Mom, look, I'm already stressed out enough here. Like, I'm in a completely foreign place when anything can happen at any time. Like, yeah. I don't need this extra stress that 
you already know I'm gay, so like, if you want, if you want to keep bringing this up, like I'll just stop calling less, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, kind of after that, you know, she kind of calmed down. She stopped bringing up, you know, me being in a relationship with women, and you know, we just progressed from there. And you know, eventually I got married, and she met my spouse, and you know, just to see how she welcomed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it was like a complete one eighty. Because, like, she became a minister, and you would think growing up in the church where she was ministering at, that, like, you know, it would be difficult for her to have that relationship with her son. But she was like, I don't care what those people say. Like, the the, the Bible says to love, you know, regardless. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. I still love you. You're my son. And so I was like, okay, well, I appreciate that. So, How old were you when she became a minister? Because you said you were in Afghanistan, so you had joined the military. Mm-hmm. So I was in Afghanistan 22. I think she completed all her schooling and all this stuff. Probably when I was about 24, 25. Nice. Um, so, yeah, for about the past three three to four years, she's been a, a minister. And, um, like, our relationship has been pretty great, you know. And she's not only walked me through my time being married, she, like, you know, was there for me during the divorce and she's even tried to have a lot of conversations even asked mm-hmm. you know so how how do y'all have and i'm like mom we're not discussing Ooh. that <laughs> we're not discussing that exactly like we'll discuss like 98 percent everything else but we're not talking about we that. have passed the birds and the bees right far past <laughs> Seems like a healthy boundary. Oh, yeah. And she laughs. I think she knew I wasn't going to talk about it anyways, but she probably was just seeing what she could get away with. I was like, you're not getting away with that, mom. Oh, gosh. So. That's kind of a, I mean, so I guess from from my experience lately is that as you, if when you're in a ministerial or ministry position, I don't know quite how to word this, so. Sometimes when you're in a ministerial position, you have to grapple with two things that appear opposing, right? You know, the messaging for when you're young is like you're going to burn in hell, and then your mom's now a minister for a church, the same ideologies that you grew up with, but having to reconcile the realities of family, right? Like, and people typically choose one or the other, right? And to be able to hold space for both of those is is a very... It's a gift in some ways, right, oh, yeah. to have that be the messaging, be like, oh, yeah, I don't care um, what anybody says. You're supposed to love everyone. And that's, you know, not everyone gets to that space. And so, yeah, that's got to be kind of a relief having gone oh, yeah. from one to the other, right? Like growing up, you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going to be really hot for a while. It's really you know? hot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> or you just be like, I'm really hot for a while. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It, it was definitely a grateful transition because I guess for a while there, you know, being in the closet in and of itself is stressful because you're like kind of like having to be two-faced but not in the way people think about it. You know, you got to have like your little straight face, you know, and then, you know, when you can go out to the bars and stuff or whatever, like when people who know you aren't around, you can be yourself. Right. And like with my mom, it was like, Granted, I don't act fully myself around her, which that's my own little deal to deal with, you know. But she seen me quite relaxed sometimes after uh-huh. some drinks, so like she, <laughs> I think she understands. <laughs> and gratefully for me, like 
the true true me isn't really too different from like the straight face I may put on at work in uniform or you know if I'm just traveling trying to just not draw any attention um, but uh, yeah just to have her completely be like son I love you like sorry etc cetera, etc cetera, for the past you know whatever you want to talk about whether it be like your partner your spouse or just anything in general like I'm here for you just to have that compared to like when we didn't talk for a year like that's your mom you know that's right. that's kind of difficult so our the way our relationship kind of matured and just relaxed to go from like not really speaking to I want to call her my best friend but definitely like someone I talk to every day yeah uh has been very grateful you know I've been great very grateful for that you know which is another religious word <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but definitely fits right yes. I mean that's that's truly like that's so powerful to have that be your experience with your mom and you know to, to be at a place where you can be yourself yeah. and and feel loved and validated by someone who's so important to you like that's that's really incredible yes. what do you think i mean as far as your own your own personal set right you've had um your mom be willing to walk through that journey with you and, and to change as you communicated with her right like this is just who i am right like mm. I can't keep doing this if you keep offering me relationships <laughs> with women. But um, to be fair, you know, I guess the question would be is how did you sort those internally? Like you had very different messaging. Did you have to like, grapple with any of that? Or what, what things did you hang on to? Like how, what did you hold on to in those transition times, um, if any? Well, you know, as all men who love and respect their mothers, I try to... Initially, because I knew it was going to be an issue, I was like, okay, well, I'll try and date women. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just see if any would catch my eye. And none really would, like, I could find, like, I definitely find women sexy. I think they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, a romantic connection, which is more important to me. Right. Like, it's super rare for me to even think, think of a romantic connection, let alone, like, actually fill it with, with a woman. So... Even when I was young and I first dated my, my first ex, I was like, you know what? I probably would never have a romantic connection with a woman. So, like, I guess I'll just have to wait till I move away from home. <laughs> and, and, you know, see, see what's out there as far as, like, dating dating men and everything. Uh, as far as me holding on to things, um, kind of like, I guess, like, the foundational things they teach you, you know, it's just like, uh, like, just peace, like, just, just finding peace, whether it be with people or, like, within yourself. And like over time, going to like therapy, et cetera, et cetera, that's kind of like helped as well mm-hmm. um, to kind of like organize my thoughts about just different things. Uh, love, we've talked about, you know, just like loving people in general, uh, and just you know, like like faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think another thing I've taken away from it is like I definitely really appreciate family, like yeah. you know, like my mom and my nephew. I have a little cute story about him. Uh, you know, it's like family is very important to me, mm-hmm. you know, especially the ones who are like, you know, who understand and like don't care about me being gay. I may, I think I'm officially the only like LGBT cousin in the family. No. <laughs> I, I do. I think I have an extended cousin and she's like, I think she's lesbian. Uh-huh. But as far as like within my aunts and like their children, their offspring, as far as that, all my first cousins, as we say in the South. <laughs> <laughs> like I am the only one that's like out and proud and 
you know, every, my Facebook picture has me playing in the gay flag football league with my rainbow headband. So like, it's out it's there. All there. <laughs> it's all out there. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, I've definitely learned that uh, you know, that faith, family, love, peace, all that is like very important. As mm -hmm. far as who wants to be with who, that's not really that important. As long as you're not harming anyone, you know, as long as, you know, you're just taking care of people, taking care of yourself. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of that doesn't really uh, matter as much to me. I'm not, obviously, I'm not strict on it because, you know, I've been married to a guy before. <laughs> so, you know, as far as religious stuff like that, that doesn't really, um, I don't really care about that. Mm -hmm. um, as far as uh, the story about my nephew, I was taking him to the beach, to Koalina, and um, he was like, Uncle Mitri, and this is back when I was married, he was like, Uncle Mitri, are you and Uncle Key boyfriends or girlfriends? So, like, <laughs> he he was seven at the time, and we had never really had this conversation. Yeah. I was leaving it up to, like, my brother, who we're kind of estranged, like, we don't talk, and, like, leaving it up to my brother and my mom to, like, have that conversation, and his mom, uh, my nephew's mom. But I was like, uh, nephew, what do you mean? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, well... Are you are you a boyfriend or girlfriend? So I was like, you know what, nephew? Uh, let's change the subject. Because no. <laughs> you know, as much as you know, my brother and I are estranged. I still want to respect him as the father, right? Um, and respect his mom, and respect my mom. Like my mom would, I think, I told her about it later. She was like, oh, we've kind of had that conversation. Mm -hmm. But me not knowing, I kind of just wanted to leave it up to the parents, and then. When my nephew gets older and understands a bit more, then uh, we would have that conversation. But I love the fact that he didn't really care. He, he just wanted he just to know, wanted like, to know, how do I call yeah, like, how what's going on here? Like, are y'all dating? <laughs> <laughs> Seven-year-olds though, they're so you know, they're just they're open like that. They just want to yeah. understand, not because of a judgment, but because they're you know sorting out their world. They're like, okay, exactly. oh, you do that. Like, I've had a student before. Who was like, oh, you married a girl? I was like, yeah. And I'm just like super mad at She's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, well, you can. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, then they're over, right? Kids don't care. No, you they're know. just trying to sort out, oh, that's a thing. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. And then they try to fit it just kind of into the construct that they already have. So yeah. if your experience is boyfriends and girlfriends, then that's what you're trying to fit it into. And mm. and so you're trying to understand, oh, is this different? <laughs> oh, no, it's the same, but it's it's boyfriends and boyfriends and girlfriends yeah. and girlfriends. Yeah. And then they'll literally be like, okay, <laughs> and then move on. <laughs> yeah, What's for lunch? Yeah, exactly. that's very important. Like, when is recess? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that, a lot of people made the point, you know, throughout trying to, with marriage equality before it, you know, became legal and all that stuff, a lot of people make the point that kids don't really care, you know. Mm -hmm. And that right there just further proves the point because he was like, so what are y'all? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, okay, how much longer till the beach? Well, I think that also goes back to the, the you're talking about the, the things that you hold on to in, in the spiritual world, mm -hmm. um, however, or the faith world that you look at. And it's the pieces that, that matters, right? Family. Mm -hmm. So that connection matters much more to him than, you know, hey, we're headed to the beach together than it does the definition of that. Exactly. Uh, or, or labeling you into a category on whether you're going to be saved or not. Like, to mm -hmm. him, that's, you're his uncle, and so is, you know, got, oh, I got two uncles. Okay, okay. <laughs> 
and yeah, it's uh, but the the love, the family, the caring connection, those things make much more of a difference than somebody being like, oh, you can or can't yeah. do this or that. Or so at this point in time, how would you describe your like, spiritual identity or like you know, do you follow a religion or do you kind of just have your own thing? How would um, you describe yourself? I personally, if I'm being truthfully honest with myself, don't really follow any religious belief right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still identify as Southern Baptist, grew up in the church there. Um, and I probably haven't been to the church in three years since I've been in Hawaii, well, four years now. But I think a big part of me probably still longs for the church because mm-hmm. there are some things I definitely uh, do miss about it. Like I mentioned, you know, the choir. And, just talking with people and I miss the feeling, you know, after the preacher preaches and, you know, it's a it's a sermon that I can relate with. I miss mm-hmm. that feeling, you know, of just being like, okay, so I was kind of thinking on the wrong right path or, okay, maybe I was thinking about this the wrong way. Maybe I should think about it this way. So just kind of like, kind of sometimes I look at church, it's kind of like therapy, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you go there and you may or may not be in a good mood and then like you go through all the choir singing and the prayers and then you have the preacher preaching and you're like, you know what, I feel a bit better. (laughs) So, like, I do miss a lot of that. Um, And my mom has already said, as soon as I get back home, she's going to bring me to church. (laughs) So, like, that's fine with me. Like, it'll be okay. You'll be comfortable going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll still be fine. Um, Even though things have changed a lot since I was in church. So, it's weird because I wasn't out obviously before I left and mm-hmm. then I left and then I've been back and I've been out fully out and like no one has brought it up and even when I got married like I would see my my church members did you announce about, that I was I was curious as how did oh, that how was your community receive your a being out because that's yeah. new and then b being married like so that's, I've been out since coming out day 2017 I think mm-hmm. and no one has brought it up <laughs> like even my cousins who I mainly see in church like None of them have brought it up. At all. At all. Um, and then I got married a couple years later, and I kind of kept that on the um, on the low, mm-hmm. more in respect to, like, my partner, because uh, he wasn't really... He was out, but, like, his family didn't know. Gotcha. So I kind of was giving him time and space for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... As far as my mom, I think she told a few people when I got married, mm-hmm. with my blessing, like, she would tell right. them, like, okay, whatever, just tell them. <laughs> you know, like, whatever, mom, I know you want to tell them, so just go ahead. But even then, like, the few people she did, did she did tell in the church, like, silence. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good or a bad thing? Yeah, it, and it's, it's kind of weird for me because people were so excited for me to go to college, and then, you know, when I moved on from there to go to, to the military. Mm. And then for something that, you know, obviously I'm excited about, mm-hmm. it was kind of been like silence. Chirp, chirp, yeah. Chirp, yeah. Crickets. Exactly. So it's kind of, I mean, was it, for the most part, I didn't really care about their opinion anyways, but okay. I think about if you're cheering a person on, you're cheering a person on. You're not right. just cheering on the idea you have of them. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. if they're doing something that everyone else would congratulate them for, but you don't like it, you should still like congratulate them. But it kind of like showed that you know, just whether religious peace falls in and people chose church over a person. So I was like, you know, it is what it is. I don't wish harm on them or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just like yeah. slightly eye-opening, yeah. you know. 
because some of these people are like, oh, Demetri, like, we, we really love you, we miss you, like, we can't wait for you to come home, and all that stuff. When I was in Afghanistan, then, like, I'm progressing in life, and, you know, I got married, and, you know, I purchased a home with my partner, and next thing you know, it's like, like you said, chirp, 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 chirp. Not, the, <laughs> not, right, <laughs> not right. a word was said. So it, That is an interesting dynamic, right? Like, it's like a don't ask, don't tell. We're not gonna, we're not gonna be like damnation and hellfire, but we're also not condoning because then I'm responsible for the spiritual choices somehow. Yes. And that's a very interesting thing. And I, I've been having this conversation lately, just casually with several different people is I think even in my family, like where does your responsibility end? Like spiritually, am I responsible for your choices and the answer is no. I mean, as a younger age, you're responsible for molding someone into, mm -hmm. like, a healthy, happy life. But as a spiritual person, like, am I responsible for educating you on a, a pathway I think should happen? And I don't think that we are, but a lot of times that the spiritual or religious backgrounds are like, yes, you must mentor others. And if you do not, then you are, are responsible for their actions and I don't know how we got to that point because there's at no point I can be responsible for your actions. Yes. Um, the only thing that I'm responsible is for treating you respectfully, kindly and supportively exactly. to live a healthy, happy life. But somehow we've decided that I'm responsible for your choices. And that's a very it seems to be across a lot of especially southern religions and um, the Bible belt. The Bible belt, which yes. <laughs> yep. So it's real. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it kind of is. Literally part of the armor of God, like the belt, the Bible. Point to it on a map. And it's also interesting, at least to me anyway, that that in Mississippi, because Arkansas has very similar conservative background, you know, between the different Protestant religions, but. I'm not so sure that a lot of churches would even just be quiet. Like, a lot of churches I grew up in would be, like, somebody would be coming to you to discuss your salvation, like, mm. in their free time. Like, it would be oh. a burden on their soul. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because it was, some of it was weird. <laughs> it was weird because, you know, growing up in school, you hear people always talking about, oh, like, is this guy funny? Like, there were lots of different slangs to ask, mm. is the person gay? Mm. Mm -hmm. Or, like, different movements, you know, where they would kind of break the wrist and be like, is he and then break the wrist and like the hand these... signal where you like flop your wrist over yeah and we're like I don't know man I don't care <laughs> you know like that's how I respond but like it's so interesting that people would always ask these questions growing up and then when I'm like a full grown adult like no one pays my bills like no one can have any effect on my life no one ever... even bothers to have a conversation yes no one even brings it up so it's like so maybe y'all would have only brought it up if y'all had some sort of bearing on my life, you know, like, because, you know, some parents are still responsible for, like, their, their younger, the, like, mm -hmm. their child, right, when they're 21. They're still responsible for maybe a car payment or paying mm -hmm. insurance or health issues. Like, they still have some sort of influence on their life. Mm -hmm. But when I was coming of age, like, no one was paying my bills. Mm -hmm. I think even my mom, because... You know, sadly, like, she lost her job. Like, mm -hmm. I started paying all my own bills at, like, 19. Right. So, to go through pretty much my whole adult life paying my own stuff, no one having influence on me. I'm in Texas. I'm in the Middle East. I'm now in Hawaii. Like, no one has any bearing on my life, and no one even wants to even 
have these discussions with me. So I was like, this is interesting. Like, aren't you supposed to be coming to me to tell me I'm going to hell? <laughs> Something's messing with me. Like, I was grateful for it, but I was also like, oh, so y'all just kind of just dropped me. <laughs> right? So it's, it's weird. It's definitely interesting. Is there anything that you wish institutions, like religious institutions, knew or understood um, about the dynamics between being gay and a, and a spiritual influence or? I guess the main thing I wish that I guess they would know is they don't really realize how much of an influence I guess they have on young young people growing up. You know, because mm-hmm. if you grow up in a church, like, you know that's the main influence, you know all the teachings, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know what's right. Quote, uh, quotation marks and you know yeah. what's wrong you know uh, but when you start growing up and you start maturing and you start going through puberty and you're like oh I have these feelings for this guy and I'm a guy and I shouldn't have these feelings mm-hmm. it's like you kind of start like in a way kind of tumbling and fighting real hard and for people who grow up to their 20s and 30s still fighting that and it kind of leads to like mental health issues mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the church is still like well you're gonna go to hell if you if you're with this person of the same sex and so it just kind of worsens that I just wish the church would realize that you can't really control those feelings but I know I couldn't no, no, <laughs> you know and no, I tried no. I prayed that I tried to pray it away two of us <laughs> I made it much longer than you did to be fair but yes yeah yeah I tried to pray it away and all that stuff and all it did was just make the internal struggle, I guess, worse, you know. So I just, I really wish that they would understand or whatever that, you know. We understand what the church is trying to teach us, but it's not really healthy for us mentally, you know, as we mature. Because it just leads to, like, depression. You know, of course, the conversion camps have, like, kids pe- killing, you know, taking their own lives. So it's, I kind of just wish that they would understand that, hey, we're people too. Yeah, we just want to be happy too. (laughs) As a whole self, right? Like, because when you're trying to split that off from yourself, yeah, you literally make yourself ill or sick. And when you could be healthy, like just the value of accepting someone in that space where they are as they are is probably the number one gift you can give people. And yeah, I I agree. Like, because it does. that, That struggle is so oppositional in the mind it can literally break you and some people come out of that and some people do not come out of that and I don't I don't know that a lot of people who work in churches understand that connection of mental health like I think more nowadays people have more education in mental health Mm -hmm. as far as pastors and stuff like that go but it's still uh, like you said a very large lack of recognition that that's such a big deal when you could just help someone be themselves and be happy and healthy instead of causing you know, harm. It, it is harmful and it's hard to explain that I think. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how you feel about that, but I've I've not found a good way to explain that to someone who hasn't been through it. Oh no. <laughs> that it because uh, you can't really explain like what is, you know, how you are and mm-hmm. then trying to fight that, you know, it's kinda like, you know, trying to not use one of your legs. Like you can't not use one of your legs because it's there it's going to stabilize you it's going to help you walk you know because I don't know like like you said I guess it is kind of like difficult to explain it I never thought about that <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found a good way because I'm always trying to figure out how to get that across especially to, 
to people because I, I I did spend a long time working with uh, uh, within church uh, between schools and, and stuff like that and um, and then having to accept myself for myself um, obviously it's a very long process but also then when when I I've, to the point that I've started talking with people about that and to have to try and find a way to help people understand that. And I have not been able to do it yet because it's, yeah, it's just, yes, this is really painful, harmful. And what other options are there besides the ones you've been doing? Like anything better than that would be, would be great. On that cheery note. <laughs> uh, do you have anything that you would tell people who are, let's, let's go specific, people who are still part of the Southern Baptist Church? that are questioning their either gender identity or sexuality, anything that you would say to them? I guess what I would say to anyone still growing up in the church, you know, you're questioning yourself. And I guess my, advi my advice to you would be to not question yourself. Like, you're not going crazy, you know, you're not mentally ill, you know, you are you, you know, so however you choose, however you identify and stuff like that, that's fine and you're valid and like you are a human at the end of the day like and we love you we appreciate you just keep going with your journey as far as whether you're trying to figure out if you know how you identify sexually um and you, or just orientation as a whole your gender identity like you're a person mm -hmm. you know so you're gonna figure it out um some people may not understand it but there are plenty of people who like love you and will appreciate you out in the world mm -hmm. you know i found family in texas that i never expected to find uh, a volunteer with a group uh it was an hiv prevention group who they branched off a lot um it's called the q austin mm -hmm. and then through the q austin there's the kind clinic they do free hiv testing and std mm -hmm. testing as a whole um there's a lot of different things that they do, but by the time they were creating the Kind Clinic, I was coming out here to Hawaii. I've obviously found family out here in Hawaii. Like, no matter how, uh, where you are, you will find people out there mm -hmm. uh, to help grow you and just be with you and be your family. Just because you're related to someone doesn't make them the fa your family. Mm -hmm. And just because you're not related to someone doesn't mean they can't become your family. So there are people out there willing to accept you for who you are. Many more than you would think. Oh, way more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> way more. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and you know, your your personal story with us. We really appreciate your time. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. No, we're <laughs> super uh, pumped. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. No worries. So we do have one other very important question, and that question is, of course, what is your favorite boba tea order? Hmm. Well, my favorite boba tea order is brown sugar milk tea, but I'm still going through the journey of trying out all the different flavors. <laughs> which, the yes, which as we know, it's there's a thousand different flavors, so I I probably tasted like forty of them, and I do have a very one that I do not like, which I don't know if I won't say it, but I won't say that, but I do love brown sugar Which one tea. do you hate? Oh, I'd love to hear that. I don't like matcha. 
Oh, yeah. My wife does not like matcha either. I don't like matcha anything. <laughs> She's like, I don't see the big deal. It's like this grassy. tastes like dirt. Yeah. Why are we eating this? I'm like, okay, all right, babe. I won't make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my ex loved matcha. So, uh-huh. I'm trying to relate. You know, we were early on dating, so I'm like, okay, sure, I'll try some. And then he had matcha mochi. Mm. And... I tried it and I was like, like you said, tastes this, like this grass, tastes like grass. Yeah. And I, he was like, no, and it doesn't. people from Mississippi and Arkansas would know. <laughs> Those little blades down exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. I love ice cream. He's like, okay, cool. I'll get some matcha uh, ice cream. Uh-huh. And then I tried it and I was like, this tastes like grass. I know. It doesn't change. You can put it in anything and it still tastes like exactly. grass. So I was like, you know what? I'm discovering my love for boba. This is a great thing. Let's try out some boba. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, babe, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm not trying anything else matcha. Like, we're, we're officially done with that flavor. Like, I'm moving on. He was like, what? Like, I love it. Like, it's like, sorry, babe, you can have as much matcha, whatever you want, all the time. I'm not having it. Um, I do like strawberry anything. So, I do like that. What else? Boba has been a great find. I've, yeah, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, although I get stuck in one area, like my coconut milk tea is like the staple. So. I want to go to the home of boba. I think it may be Taiwan. I might be wrong, but I want to go there because I hear it's really great. So I'm like, if it's better than here, like it must be awesome because this is great. <laughs> you know? I'm like, this is a find. <laughs> as long as it doesn't taste like grass. Exactly. Like, no as long as there's no matcha. We're okay. I will try out all the different bobas, whether it's like the, the popper ones, the jelly ones. I'll try all that. And I like the milk tea. So I will try it all except for matcha. Nice. No it's more matcha anything. Like, I like squishies, like um, rubber things, you know, you squeeze, kind of like stress ball, stuff like that. I don't even want to like squeeze a matcha sh- stress ball if you have it. I don't, don't, don't want to deal with anything matcha. Nothing. <laughs> Got it. That's hilarious. So, nothing matcha. Oh. Uh. Well, you guys can reach us at queerreligionpodcast at gmail.com or you can drop us a, a message on Twitter. Uh, I think our handle there is queerreligionpod with one R in there. Don't put two or you won't find us. Uh, we would love for you to follow, add us on your subscribe list. Um, but we're just pumped you guys joined us. And until next time, bye. Bye. bye.